Chrysa, and welcome to Tales of Wales, the pod that never fails to enthrall and to take... Oh, I can't even be asked to do that thing anymore. <laughs> no, <yeah. laughs> Just going to say this is a Welsh history podcast told to you by two drunk amateurs who uh, who want to shine a light on an otherwise dim-litted history of Wales. It's people, it's history, it's uh, adventures, it's It's tales. real, baby. It's real. It's real, baby. It yeah. You know what it is by now. It's fucking... We're, we're like 20 episodes Probably in. Se- if you don't three, know, what are you going to know? Yeah. Exactly. Oh, yeah. if, if you're chiming in at season three, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you starting at the start? But, you know, <laughs> yeah. we still, you're welcome. Yeah, well, that's the other thing we're going to say. This is the start of season three. Um, I have made a note here. Let me just read my note um, where I said season three is going to be a lot more factually accurate. We both uh, discovered that reading Hope books. Hope you haven't overpromised actually... there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Let me just. Where are my fucking notes? I mean, this is shambolic already. Um, <laughs> I promise it's going to be more organised than last <laughs> yeah. time. Where are my notes? I can't find them. I can never fucking find them. It's only on my phone. Um, right, you, you, you say something. <laughs> say something. <laughs> yeah, you distract, distract him for Christ's sake. No, I think what Frank was trying to say is that uh, this <laughs> Frank recently started reading books, and we thought, wow, what are these bloody things? These are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah well, and so, yeah, we're not just uh, sort of skimming Wikipedia anymore. Yeah, we're reading Welsh history. But well, to be fair, we were doing more than Wikipedia, but like it's it was a bit more messy. And now we've got some Welsh history books that um, are like lesser known than Welsh history books that have been really helpful for plotting out what we're going to do in season three. And uh, we, we we both it had truly a is like the cavemen discovering fire, wasn't it? When you <laughs> yeah. both like, I'm I'm reading this book, it's really good. And you were like, Oh my yeah. god, I'm reading a book as well. <laughs> it's actually really easy to understand. So we're just gonna kind of steal these <laughs> yeah. books and bring them to life a bit more because you know we're not we don't expect you to have to read a book. The audience that is. No. We would then put you through. We'll digest that. it and add our oh. sexiness to it at the end and then regurgitate. Yeah, uh so for season three, my first note is I want us to pick a pod to start a rivalry with, um, and I want us to I want the listeners okay. to tell us yeah. <laughs> another pod who we can start beef with, and we can just fall out needlessly with someone about it. So yeah, <laughs> listeners, let us know, like galvanise yeah. the masses, and uh, let's pick a pod. We'll just fucking t- hassle and just <laughs> turn into like, is there some any gorilla rules marketing. on who it can be, or is it like it can I be think... like corporate mega hitter it or can be. it be like a little man pastor that we're going to just fucking <laughs> shit all over <laughs> I think if it's like someone similar to us and uh, we could just have like a, a rivalry just comment on their stuff yeah but I hear all your fans and nonces and just start attacking them <laughs> yeah. no maybe not that but I do, I do think we, so should, horrible. we should have like a, a, a fun rivalry with someone and even if they never know about it we could just every week just report back on how much we, yeah, <laughs> we I don't really know breeds innovation yeah. doesn't it so yeah yeah. 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 don't know where this is going to go but let's try it let's keep <laughs> yeah. um so that was my first snow for season three, and the second one is yeah we're gonna be we're gonna game up uh, we're gonna we're gonna up our game on the history on the actual facts that we spit out. So um, that's that's just a, a message at the top. Um, let me get yeah. rid of those notes. Don't uh, um, don't you know be at us in the comments and stuff if if we do still get things wrong. But we're gonna try a little bit harder because yeah. a lot of the time yeah. before we've gone oh this is this bit of information and then if you wanted a little side section we're like yeah I haven't looked at that you know I've, yeah. I've got just enough to sort of Hold, wangle yeah. the pod well we got more of an understanding now of like yeah a broader knowledge of it so I think for example things like the Mabinogion when we talk about um, the 
um, uh, what was Bloody with having to kill that guy he stood when he stood on a, uh, a goat? Clay, Clay, yeah, on Clay when he has to kill the goat when he has to kill Clay when he stood on a goat in a bathtub. If you read the full story, or if you read more references, it tells you why that, and it makes a bit more sense. So we'll look back at some of the stuff and maybe rectify some of our mistakes. But you know, fucking, this is a, a stupid podcast told by two drunks. What do you expect? It's not fucking in our time. Exactly. You're not coming here. Yeah. Not writing your dissertation based on three episodes, are you? And if you are, God help you. God help you. May Lord have mercy upon thy soul. Uh, And also, welcome back, Jack. He's come back from his stupid little pathetic trip away on his lad's holiday on his honeymoon, which he didn't even even consider doing a podcast from. I know, letting the team down, letting the boys down. But what can you do, you know? uh, I'm shackled now. Shackled by the, <laughs> the, the weight of my chain. fucking left hand, you know, yeah. ball and chain, yeah. <laughs> the dragon. But no, it's been a lot's happened. <laughs> the dragon. The uh, lots happened though since uh, since the last time, and as I've recorded, I've I've been married and I've been on my honeymoon. It's been bloody yeah. ages. Yeah. So we did. We we stockpiled some episodes, but now we're going to go back to trying to do these a bit more weekly, so we can be more current event in the world of Welsh history. <laughs> Yeah, the pop culture references will be fucking on point now. Well, maybe <laughs> yeah. on point, maybe a week behind, but you know, yeah. that's the best we can do. Roughly around that. Um, do you have any tales? Any any tales for whales for us? Uh, no, what really? Um, uh, in terms of anecdotes and stuff, my honeymoon was just me sweating on a sunbed, drinking lovely cold drinks next to a pool. It was fucking glorious. Just a nice chill, and, a good um, reset. Very, very chill. Oh, yeah, it was great. I was, I told you uh, when we spoke, was it yesterday? Yeah. When um, you said oh, I was the honeymoon, I said, I was great. I had so much sleep. And you were like, yeah. Most people would be like, oh, yeah, shagging and, you know, doing all these crazy adventures abroad. You're like, oh, I'm great. I'm well rested. That's, that's what I've drawn from it. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. Now, now let's never talk of Antigua ever again. Okay. You promise me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just for the listeners. We, a few of us boys got together yesterday just for a couple of Sunday drinks. I didn't mention my honeymoon, not once. And then as soon as I mentioned it one time, Antigua, they were going, Oh, Antigua, 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 Jesus Christ. Stop going on about it. Fucking I couldn't tell any Antigua. stories. Um, I know. Well, I haven't got too me, much to report Antigua. Um, I haven't got too much to feedback on whilst he's been gone, except there's someone who I work with who... <laughs> Who keeps trying to get like? I think he's trying to spice up our friendship online because we talk to each other on Teams, and he always um he's always using like sayings. So he he'll say he'll call himself Rubber Arm in the sense of like you know if someone tries to twist his arm it's really easy. He's like oh, oh right, they yeah, call me yeah. Rubber Arm. I was like oh do they? And then he said um he said oh we were talking about cooking, and he was like um yeah yeah so it's really nice when you when you add a bit of fruit to it. So I just add a bit of lemon piss to the salad. I was like, lemon piss? And he just means like lemon squeezing piss. a lemon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> lemon <laughs> piss. Yeah. So and then, then he said, um, you know your rhinos, like your rhinal cakes, the things you have in your rhinos become small fresh? Yeah. He calls them piss biscuits. Mm. And they're just, he's obsessed with What's this guy's <laughs> thing with piss? He's really into it. He keeps, he says it all the time. Piss what biscuits. All, yeah, so I'm going to kind of keep a log what are the piss related... Uh, Things he's replaced oh, in yeah, life. Note those down. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so I'm that, intrigued. I, I keep got my curiosity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
right then. <laughs> they call me rubber arms, so I'm going to call you fucking piss boy because you keep going on about piss, okay? <laughs> you <little> pissy Williams. <laughs> yeah. So, but lemon piss did make me laugh. I did quite like that one. He was like, yeah, you, go, you squirt a bit of lemon piss in it. I was like, oh, God. <laughs> It's just so unnecessary. You don't need to call it anything different. Just say lemon juice is what it is. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a bit too blokey for oh, my liking, damn. but it is quite funny. Um, oh. So do you want us for oh, this yeah, week's episode? To... <laughs> Hope he doesn't listen. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, no. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I keep. I can't really tell too many people about this in our like personal lives because we'll know that we'll probably end up slagging them off. Um, yeah, we just uh, no one's safe on our list, is it? <laughs> no. Um, so this week's episode is going to focus around a book that you've read. So yeah, so we're, we're putting into practice our yes. new philosophy that books are quite helpful. I've hit the ground running. I've read like two books since yeah. I've been all day. It's been great. Oh, book two books and a half actually. Look at me go. I've discovered the magic of them. Or the magic of the written word. Yeah. And um, yeah, so this one uh, it's going to be a fair short one because we're. Uh, um, we haven't got too much time today, have we? So it's going to be a pretty quick run through. Mm. Basically, I would go through another classic lunchtime one. Yeah, you can probably tell with the lack of slurring words and <laughs> just <laughs> stupid offshoots. But yeah, we're, <laughs> uh, we're doing a midday one today. Um, so yeah, I thought I'd just go through. Uh, and the idea came to me. I was reading a uh, book called uh, 21 Princes of Wales. And uh, it just goes delves into a bit of the kind of lesser known rulers in Wales so it's anyone with interest in medieval Welsh history or even British history will have probably heard of people like Llewellyn Lab Griffith or Glyndwr which you know they get name dropped on this quite a lot but uh, Wales was built on a much more complex kind of history of battles betrayals like uh, politicking and all that and there's a lot of people that sort of fall through the cracks um, that still had quite a, a contribute to the tapestry of Wales if you like so I won't be getting to everybody uh, on this one, but I've just cherry-picked a few who I thought were interesting characters uh, and I thought they were worth talking about. So I'll go through them and then we can, you know, we'll have a classic back and forth as we do. Um, as we all want. And then, <laughs> yes. And then if uh, if this episode does all right, then, you know, uh, or you want, you're baying for more afterwards, <laughs> I can I can consult the book again <laughs> and just pick a few more out and pretend it's my own content. Consult the oracle. <laughs> yeah, so look at the scriptures. So <laughs> before I get into the meat of it all, uh, I just want to warn the listeners and yourself, Franco, that I'm going to be throwing there's going to be quite a few names thrown at you. And as you yeah. know, there's a lot of those are going to be like Llewellyn, Owen, Griffith, Reese, that, and they're all yeah. you know mixed. They all just like to be called the same fucking thing for some reason. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, do you know? Do you, time. Can I quickly add in here that I learnt why? Mm. Um, why we have a lot of Davies and Jones and Williams as surnames in Wales. So you know we used to be oh, yeah. uh, we used to do the patriarchal way of naming after your father. So it would be um, if I was your son, Absolutely, I'd be yeah. yeah Frank's up Jack, you know like that style. Um, mm. Uh, mm. That there when England, when Wales became more unified with England, um, they and for like courts and stuff like that, they wanted to have a more unified approach where you could you'd have a, an actual family name so your people within the family would be more easily oh, yeah. recognisable um, so at the time 
people then just got rid of the app and they'd keep whatever their dad's name was. So at the time when this happened, um, Williams was a very popular name in Wales. So that's why we have now so many surnames uh-huh. as Williams. And so say if I was like James App Williams, they'd get rid of the app and now your surname was just Williams and that's how it just came about. Uh, yeah, right. so at the time when when this law came okay, into cool. place, um, Williams, Jones, Davis, those were names of like men. Um and they were like really popular at the time, and then we got stuck with fucking thousands of Williams and Joneses. Yeah, well, I was gonna. You've actually brought me to my next point because I was gonna explain for the listeners who don't know the whole app app thing. Okay, yeah. So yeah, yeah basically in this t- in this period in this period, like you've already said, app or ab, it means son of basically. So yeah, if you you know, Llewellyn app Griffith is just Llewellyn son of Griffith. So yeah, people who who didn't know that, that's all covered. Bases covered there. So, uh, yeah, I'll try and keep things as clear as I can as well. But what I'll do is this book has a very handy, like, um, family tree of the different sort of kingdoms of Wales. So I'll take a little snap of those and I might link them in the description or something. Because nice. they, they'll be handy just to sort of, you can sort of tell where in history you are then just by looking at them. Um, and also before I get into things, uh, I, I know I'm just fucking drowning you in background at the moment, but... Uh, at this point in history, it's best not to think of Wales as like a kind of unified country. It's more like four major territories uh, or kingdoms, if you like. It's the Kingdom of Gwynedd, Powys, De Haybarth, and Morganog. Gwynedd is basically northwest Wales, Powys northeast, De Haybarth southwest, Morganog southeast. There's some sub territories as well um, that were absorbed through the ages, but I'll only mention them if they're sort of relevant. If you want to look more into that yourself, then knock your bloody self out. But yeah, for for this, just um, trying to think of it as Wales as a whole and think of it as these different kingdoms. It'll make a lot more sense. So, the first guy I'm going to talk about, uh, Finsel Princeling, uh, is a chap called Bledin Ap Cunvin. So, Bledin was a descendant of two Welsh dynasties. He was a, a child of Powys and de Haybarth and shared blood with two big-time Welsh rulers, Rodri Maur and Hoavar. Um, I won't go too much into them because we'll probably end up doing They're an episode two big special hitters, on aren't they? He's Yeah, big, big hitters. So he's got he's got um, good pedigree, this, cha- this chap. Um, through a series of deaths and by virtue of his place on the family tree, Bledin found himself the co-king of Gwynedd and Powys on the cusp of the Norman <laughs> invasion the of England. The cocaine king? <laughs> the, the cocaine king of the Gwynedd. Pablo Escobar <laughs> of Wales. Pablo, yeah. <laughs> Beat me to it, yeah. Pablo Escobar of the fucking green country. Uh, but no, co-king, sorry. Not cocaine king. Co-king. Um, <laughs> yeah, so he's co-king of Gwynedd and Powys, just as uh, the Norman, just before the Norman invasion of England. Uh, it's a time that would prove very critical for Wales overall. So from 1063 to 1069, Bledin ruled both kingdoms with his brother, Ruathlon. And together they launched a devastating attacks along the Welsh Hereford border, fighting what to them had been a generational enemy in England. In 1067, though, after the Normans had successfully invaded England, they also teamed up with uh, Adric the Wild of Mercia to attack Norman forces encroaching from the east. So this brotherly dream team, uh, after a few years of fighting, came to a sudden end in 1069 when Ruathlon was killed in the Battle of Mechain. A clash instigated by his own half-nephews in a play for power. Ruathlon and both his aspiring kin were killed in the battle, leaving Bledin to sit the throne alone. So this made Bledin one of the most powerful rulers in Wales, and thanks to his previous scraps with the recent invaders, the Normans made him a consistent target of their aggression. 
Robert of Rithlan, who was a Norman commander, was tasked with conquering and ravaging Wales in an attempt to quell the troublesome and predatory Welsh raids. Robert ambushed Bledin in 1073, causing the Welsh king to, and quote, fly, abandoning rich booty. Oh, booty! Oh, he's a booty. little booty boy. Yeah. <laughs> little Beautiful booty, booty wasn't it? He'd love that booty. He was... <laughs> He's always chasing the booty that bled in. Um, a classic fucking cocaine king of, of Wales. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so despite drawing the wrath of the Normans, uh, Bledin would meet his end at the hands of his own countrymen. He was drawn south by the Lord of De Haybarth, Rhys Ab Owen, on the pretense of providing military aid. There he was slain by Rhys, who ended up being one of the more cunning and ruthless leaders at the time. So it's important to mention here uh, there was a lot of Welsh on Welsh action oh, during the medieval period. <laughs> hat, hat, hat. Um, people didn't consider themselves Welsh, so to speak, as I was mentioning earlier. Wales wasn't yeah. a unified thing. You weren't, you didn't consider yourself Welsh. You considered yourself a man of Gwynedd or of Morgana. Yeah, or whatever we've talked about that a few times, haven't we? It's so, all kind of community. Yeah, we've mentioned it a couple of times, but this, this, uh, you know, the the gift that the books have given me, the gift of knowledge, yeah. now lets me understand the sort of the landscape a bit better. So. Yeah, so just uh, for the listeners, there was a lot of scheming going on between kingdoms. They're all trying to expand the their lands and power and <laughs> little schemey boys, and they little sly yeah. snakes. And um, yes, yeah, so they're all trying to expand their power and their land, their influence, and all that. So they're always fucking backstabbing each other and shit. It's like I don't know uh, a smaller scale Game of Thrones, I guess. And uh, according to the history books, so Bledin was uh, a king that possessed the virtues of clemency, kindness, affability liberality to the weak and defenceless and respect for the rights of the church who, who said that? It sounds like a boffin when you say it like that yeah. um, uh, that's just called, according to the history the chronicle is like chronicles Britannia or something like oh, that oh yeah it's yeah. called I should have wrote that down but yeah uh, that makes him sound like a bit of a goody goody I think yeah. but do you say that you in know, a bad way or a good the, way like, well no like it's a good thing to be those things yeah. I guess if you're, if you're a leader nice. or a king or something but yeah I, I always prefer, like, he was a scrappy little bastard, you know? I'm not <laughs> no, I, I like the good news. <laughs> the old Chronicle Britannium, but... <laughs> no, I like it when they're nice. Oh, this is a little tidbit you'll like as well, because I know you're a, you're a big hole of that, a fanboy. Yeah. Uh, he's one of only two other people uh, credited with adding laws to the original Hoaldar uh, uh, list. Hoaldar! So there's only two other people. <laughs> Hoaldar list, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard for me to do the fucking put my tongue in the right place sometimes. Right? Oh, darling, darling, real places. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. Take take the point anyway, because I'm doing yeah. this one for you. Because it's, right. it's for all of that. So but I'm the, not. Um, I'm not yeah, massive, he, I don't have a picture of him on my wall. Although the only photo they have. You love him. You do. <laughs> you, you know, that, there's only one photo of him, and it looks like when you were in primary school, you used to draw on like. um tea towels you know you used to draw your face it'd be printed off as a tea towel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you google how old that this is old da. <laughs> yeah old da. let me do uh, it look, look at the photo of him well that's how this he's got his little pointy finger out and he's got a cup oh yeah it does oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> it just looks something like off a tea towel doesn't yeah, it if, if you go on his, yeah, yeah let's put that as the logo the uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the picture yeah we'll put that one. up as this one yeah. Oh yeah, he absolute point in his absolutely massive <laughs> index finger. <laughs> right, I'll send this. I yeah, carry on. The readers, might, the listeners might not get it until they see it. Yeah, but once you see it, you'll get what I'm talking about. <laughs> once you see it, you'll shit bricks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, uh, the other princes of Wales hate this one track. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, yeah, that was Bledden up Cumbin. So, yeah, he uh, contributed to whole of our laws and uh, sort of he was one of the earlier people to combine sort of two kingdoms, so Paris and Gwynedd together. So that for, for a small time, they were sort of working in harmony. So that was like a, his contribution to Wales uh, as it was sort of becoming what it is today. Um, the next guy, uh, next fellow I'm going to bang on about is a boy called Griffith Ap Canan. Like I said lots of Griffiths, lots of Canans, all that stuff. But this yeah. is Griffith Ap Canan. Uh, this guy's got some interesting parentage because he's both Welsh and Viking. So oh, cool. Celt and Norse mixing into one little potent lad, yeah? I imagine that's quite rare because um, the Vikings didn't really get into Wales. No, so is it, I was. this is why I sort of chucked him in this episode because I thought yeah. he was very interested. So I'll tell can you add a, how he came to be. Can I add a tidbit first? Oh, go on, before? Yeah. Um, so the Vikings mm-hmm. didn't get into Wales for a few reasons, but one of the reasons was our rivers were, weren't were really uh, susceptible, or they weren't really uh, made for big boats to go through. So the big long boats of the... Um, the Vikings had find it hard to penetrate ours the thinner, smaller, shallower rivers. Whereas in England you go up the Thames and you could like properly get into the heartland. With us you couldn't. And you mentioned a second ago Rodri Maud. Rodri Maud um, fought against the Vikings mm. who came in. Um, one of them came into. Yeah, uh, it's, right. it's, it's called the Great. There's a place in Llandidno called the Great Orm, and it's like a, a, a hill. And it's named after the Viking Horm, which means something like Dragon of the Sea. And um, Owen, uh, and Roger Maud brought his army and they fought against the Viking invasion and battered them. And they wiped them off onto this, like they couldn't escape any further, they just fell into the sea. And um, they still have this thing named after him, but that was one of the times where a, a really powerful Viking came here. And Roger Maud was like, at the time, like you said, he, he unified a lot of Wales. You know, we often talk about lots of Wales not being unified. And Roger Maud, it was quite unified. Mm. But um, yeah, no. So Roger Maud is a is another biggie. Uh, like this, a few of the uh, in this book I, I'm on about is um, we'll probably do full episodes on on them because they, yeah, they yeah. you know they got pages and pages and pages on them. These guys have only got a few pages between, but I just thought yeah. they were like interesting smaller characters, little bit parts. But um, uh, yeah. So getting on to Griffith Ap Canan's sort of parentage, which I found quite interesting. His father Canan uh, was a king of Gwynedd, and he'd fled to Ireland. Uh, who and then ended up marrying a woman named uh, Fragenhildir. She was the daughter of Olaf Citrixson, who at the time was the king of Dublin, because the Danes had invaded Dublin by that point. Um, so, not only is like a mix of Celtic and Norse bloodlines there, but also quite uh, two two like uh, royal houses as well. So Griffith would attempt to land on his father's home soil five times over twenty five years in an attempt to reclaim the kingdom of his ancestors. Each time he was repelled until 1081, when an opportunity presented itself. Rhys Ap Tudor, himself a son of royal blood, attempting to secure his kingship in the territory of De Habath, but was in constant battle with the Prince of Gwent. Gwent is in a, a smaller territory in the southeast, just for the listeners there. Because of this ongoing struggle, Rhys Ap Tudor was in search of allies. Griffith agreed to help Rhys on the condition that the half-Celt, half-Norse heir be assisted in reclaiming his lands in Gwynedd once the battle was done. Griffith landed at St David's with a force of Danes and Irish, and together Rhys and Griffith were victorious at the Battle of Menyf Khan, killing the Prince of Gwent. The King of England at the time, King William, agreed to grant Rhys his lands in De Habath, but things wouldn't go to plan for Griffith. After setting himself up in Gwynedd, Griffith was summoned to a meeting by an encroaching Norman force, 
specifically the Earl of Chester and the Earl of Shrewsbury. On his arrival, Griffith was captured by his Norman enemies and imprisoned in Chester for 12 years, leaving the Lordship of Gwynedd to Robert of Rhythlam, a guy I mentioned earlier in Bledon's story, if you recall, um, another Norman commander. So, despite over a decade of hopelessness, Griffith escaped with the help of a young man known as Adavion. On his return to Gwynedd, he allied himself with Cadugan, the King of Powys, and purged the Norman presence from his lands, destroying the castles in his wake. He'd go on to hold his kingdom for 40 years, almost uninterrupted, and use his time to secure his power in the region. He's also said to be one of, uh, of the first to form the Bards of Wales into an order and draw up the kind of rules of their art, their sort of... Um, uh, the rules of their organisation, like how they go about um, singing people's songs and whatnot. Uh, and he was noted by chroniclers to have shown all of Wales what was possible if they stood up to Norman invaders and was known as the defender and pacifier of Wales. So that's the little half Viking, half Celtic boy. Go on, lad. Yeah, I thought it was good. I, the, the interesting part of that, I mean, not just his parentage, but also the that he's just captured for t- 12 years. Seems like a, such a long time to just be sat in a cell in Chester. But he still... Came out of it and went, you know what? I'm still going to give it a go. Still want my lands in Gwynedd. He wasn't subdued by it. Uh, so then the last guy I'm going to talk about, and this will probably, i thinking this will be your favourite, if I know you, and I bloody know you. Um, his name is Ivor Ap Meirig, also known as Ivor Bach. Oh, little Eve. And, uh, that's the little, little Ivor in English. So Ivor, like his father before him, he was uh, a lesser noble in the territory of Morganog in southeast Wales. This area of Wales was one of the first that was uh, attacked by the Normans after their invasion. And as the struggles raged on, Ivo's father established himself a smaller power block in the upland areas of a place called Singhenith, another sort of sub-territory, if you like. Um, the areas that he picked were difficult to access for an invading army. They were like upland areas. So by the time Ivor was head of his house, he was dealing with aggression on all sides. The bulk of his trouble came from Cardiff to the south, which by hey, this time was fully CFC. under Anglo-Norman control. Way Cardiff. Yeah. Bluebirds. Bluebirds, um, Bluebirds. <laughs> that is them, isn't it? Yeah. Is that right? Well done. Yeah, <laughs> I absolutely took a, a shot at them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Cardiff was, uh, at the time, fully under Anglo-Norman control. So he was dealing with uh, a lot of aggression from them but he was also having to put up with rival Welsh forces to the east and west. So the pressure of the situation pushed Ivor to go for a big risk, big reward type tactic that would end up making him into something of a celebrity across all of Wales. In 1158, despite a garrison of troops and dozens of guards, Ivor and a small band of his men scaled the walls of Cardiff Castle barehanded under the cover of night. There, William of Gloucester, his wife Howice, and the, their son Robert were abducted without detection and would be kept as hostage in the hills until Ivor's demands were met. He demanded that any aggression towards Sanghenith was to be ceased, lands that uh, the Anglo-Normans had taken from his family be returned to him, along with additional territories as a way of compensation. Ivor's terms were met and the Anglo-Norman rulers and the family were returned without bloodshed. This story travelled across the country and turned Ivor into something a living legend. Rhys Ab Griffiths, a.k.a. Lord Rhys, the Prince of De Haybarth, was so enamoured with the Ivor's escapade, he arranged a marriage between his sister Nest and the war-climbing lord. Ivor's son, Griffith, would succeed him in 1175 and accompany his uncle, the Lord Rhys, to court regularly under the rule of Henry II, King of England. Despite Ivor's standing temerity, his... Oh, let's do that again. 
Despite Ivor's outstanding temerity, his bloodline would eventually slip into obscurity, with larger, more prominent bloodlines taking centre stage in Wales. But I thought, for little Ivor, I thought he deserved a shout-out on this one, just because uh, that's an absolutely great example, even in medieval times, of just go out or go home. Instead of having <laughs> being encroached on by like three sides, just going, I'm just going to fucking climb the, the Cardiff Castle walls and take a bloody hostage and demand it, what I want. I thought that was a very, uh, lots of gumption by him. It, it reminds me a bit of like Last Kingdom, the TV show. It's, uh, you know, yeah, him and and his lads rocking in, causing a bit of mischief. Yeah, and doing like a, doing the sly approach instead of like a full-on battle. Yeah. I, I hadn't heard any of those. They were all good, good ones. Yeah, well I thought that there's, there's a couple of others that I had sort of marked down to do, but I know um, like Gwen Thian, you wanted to do one on it. Yeah, I want to do a whole episode, episode on it because she's very impressive. Yeah, uh, she is actually. Uh, uh, so she is actually uh, Griffith Ap Cunan, the uh, half Welsh, half Vikings daughter. Daughter oh, ah. uh, as well. So there's a little, there's a little connection there. Yeah. So well, yeah, she, yeah she, got she's a shield maiden and, as well, isn't she? Yeah, because she would have had Viking blood in her as well. Yeah. So. Oh, that's very cool, isn't it? Yeah, so that's that a was a nice, nice little for sizzler for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. a little teaser. Um, but yeah, there's a few cool stories in the in this book, so I, I'm going to save some for later, because if, if we do another one of these, yeah. there's a few kind of longer ones, so maybe next and time we'll do like two people. I don't people think it was confusing to follow. Or something. I, I think that was... Because I, I, I'm definitely one who gets struggled with yeah, lots of names and stuff. Line. Yeah, I think that was fine. I, I, that made a lot of sense to me. Um, and we'll keep this bit in to show oh, that we're... Cool. We're supportive of each other. We're um, improving. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, um, who's your favourite? Of those three, yeah. I think I, it's got to be Old Ivor Bach because I just yeah. I love like a an outlandish tale like that. You know, is, like the other ones Ivor... they, they got some cool little tidbits, but is he? Uh, on, is that a Welsh name? Yeah, E I I F O R. Oh, I've, yeah, Ivor. Yeah, Ivor. Ivor the engine. I, I yeah, I, I've, <laughs> Ivor would be uh, yeah the English yeah, one. Ivor. Yeah. yeah. One. Okay. Cool. So let's wrap this up. Um, what we're going to do as well, we might start reading out some reviews we get because some of them are quite funny um, and sometimes unintentionally funny. They're, they're like, they probably just made us laugh. So um, we got a, a nice review from, uh, I nearly cried then, <laughs> got a nice review from someone saying the perfect blend of Welsh history, <laughs> oh, oh, the perfect blend of Welsh history and beer. Um, they said, this is what history lessons should be like. A jovial discussion on the more interesting parts of Welsh history over a few pints. These two are clearly amateur enthusiasts on Wales and its history and Welshness. <laughs> yeah. The amateur part makes it very accessible and novices to me. I love that. Cause it's such a, they're clearly incompetent. <laughs> they yeah, they're like. clearly absolutely shit at this. Yeah. yeah. And then it says, uh, they both come across as tidy lads who'd make great drinking partners for their affability, humour and youthful in- enthusiasm. I love that we're youthful. <laughs> Ledge. It's um, um uh don't be wrong, I, I love the review and the fact that he's giving us five stars is is fantastic. Yeah, but that that's so like it feels like um uh <laughs> backhanded compliments, some of it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like they're so clearly yeah. amateur. Yeah. For two idiots, it's actually okay. Yeah. <laughs> they got some youthful enthusiasm, I'll give them that. <laughs> I love it. It made me really laugh. I found that such a nice review. That was from a guy, yes, thank you, a guy called, or, or a gal, I don't know, called Fair Groove from Apple Podcasts. So thank you, Fair yeah, Groove. Yeah, that that made you. our day. Yeah. I sent a picture of that to Franco yeah. and, and we wept. <laughs> we were so happy. Yeah. So we got a couple of those to read out. We'll um, we'll do them as time goes by. We've also got, well, we should read out the American one because that's funny, the one <laughs> she thinks we jibber and jabber too okay. much. I mean, I've got, yeah. I've got them up here if you want to, uh, if we want to douse it in now, just put it in. 
Um, I don't know. I think we should save them for end of episodes as a fun little we'll like sign them. off. We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll drip feed you, and we don't want to give you too much too soon. <laughs> but um, <laughs> also, yeah. we want to say a big thanks to um, our listeners in Qatar because we are consistently <laughs> in the charts in Qatar. So thanks, boys. Thanks for picking yeah. us up there. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're weirdly we got a, a following over there, which we're quite confused about. But yeah, on your lads. Yeah, <laughs> we're not quite sure how. But no. thank you so much, Qatar. Um, yeah. Also, we entered the recently entered the Indian charts as well. Something we're very pleased about. Yes, we've broken in. Yeah. Finally, broken India. We we gone global, and we <laughs> yeah. we've got global baby. Um, and we've also uh, occasionally we dip into the UK charts. Very occasionally, it's rare, and we're like 190th or something. But it's nice when that little little yeah. notch comes up. We 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 entered. We were number 69 in the UK for history, which was a sexy number. So mm. that's bands. So oh, that was that was good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've never hit those dizzy heights again so far, <laughs> but. You know, we, we can dream. We can live. We, we can dream. dream. Yeah, we're at the awkward 60, 68. No one wants to be. No, 70. I'll cut that. Anyway, um, drop us a review if you can, and we'll read it out on the episode. Um, give us five stars, please, my friend. And, yeah, love you. Thanks for listening. So we're only reading out reviews if they are five stars, so don't try and get funny <laughs> and, you know, do do one star and give us something shit. We're not reading it out, right? It's got to be five if you, got to, if you want to make a cut. Yeah. All right, love you all. Thanks for listening. Ta-da. Ta-da.